0: You and I have a
1: rendezvous with destiny. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. He got hit. Look at the finish out. Planets all over. Chris High fly ball into right field. She is done. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You believe in miracles? Yes. The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down.
0: Let's go. Welcome to Drink and Think, folks. We're ready to talk about some beer, to talk about some sports, and yes, to share this wonderful life we have together. So I'm ready to dive in, Dak. How's it going up in your world?
1: Yeah, I'm good, dude. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and we are going to talk some football, some combine. We're going to talk about the, uh, the quarterback carousel and, and some quarterbacks getting bags. And then, uh, obviously, we're going to hit some golf and some hockey this week as well. So we're going to we're gonna dance around all the sports tonight for you, and then we're going to drink a lot of beer in the process. We're going to talk about a uh, special beer that we chose this week, and then I'm going to talk about, and maybe I'll just show you. Look at this guy. Uh,
0: that is is
1: that fire the adjective this is fire the adjective and i can see your ugly ass mug through this pint glass so we'll talk about that a little bit so i hope you hang around and listen to all the shenanigans we have so uh where you want to start
0: dude i think let's start with uh football because we got we got a lot to talk about um and there's a lot of kind of hot takes i think that are kind of Resting on my chest here. Uh it's been a hell of a week
1: and I'm ready to ready to let a load off. Bird chest, I mind you. Bird chest. Yeah. There's not a lot that can fit on Dave's chest. It's quite tiny and flat. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, we all can't be as gifted as you are, you know, rocking like double D's and everything like that. So, you know, I'm 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 an A cup guy myself. So
1: uh how about double D's? nut that's all i gotta say about that who's double d you said double d's you were saying i have i am i am endowed in the chest got it yeah nuts i have one nut so double d's nut it's not like you know everything about me i mean spell it out for the kids sometimes
0: well you know i'm not batting with the full uh with a full set of irons right now. So um anyways, uh moving <laughs> on quickly.
1: Good. That's pretty good. Um
0: I'll tell you what who is batting with a full set of irons and that's Anthony Richardson right now. This some bitch is showing out at the combine. Turns out uh little did we know at Florida, this motherfucker is about as strong as it as you can come and can some bitch is like Superman jumping over buildings and such. So my question for you is you've got Anthony Richardson, the quarterback at Florida, with a relatively underwhelming career. And you got Anthony Richardson, the guy at the combine. Who do you believe?
1: That is a whole, whole rabbit hole that we can dive into. And to me, there is a difference between – this is a super dynamic question, right? because you have a lot of factors that come into play here. You have the player, you have his career, you have where he went to school, what what strength of schedule he had, how much playing time he had, and then how he performed at the combine, right? So to me, in this situation, I'm going to take his career over his combine. Okay, cool. That's one check block that says, the guy can perform in an isolated environment as an athlete, noted. But there's this whole dynamic of, how did he play at Florida? And as you said, it is kind of underwhelming. Um, And then the, the biggest factor to me is, you know, most people that listen to the show that know that is he played in the sec at Florida. So you play with the best of the best in that league and how will that translate to the national football league, where is the peak of, you know, all football. And so I, as a NFL scout go, okay, cool guys talented maybe he's coachable he obviously has the physical ability where do you go from there so a lot of stuff going on there i'm going to pitch it back to you though and i encounter and if you will but my bigger question to you is the combine actually needed so i i will
0: say that the com- <clears throat> the combine in my humble opinion the combine exists for the folks that played at Slippery Rock State, right? For the, you know, tight end, linebacker, wide receiver. I mean, hell, you you gotta look. But there, there are some amazing, incredible talents within the NFL and I've come that have come to the NFL that probably wouldn't have been discovered would it not be for the combine, right? Uh and you know, or you can make that, I guess, that argument. So it's really, in my mind, designed for those folks. Because it's not designed for the guys that we already know. It's not designed for the players from Georgia that we've seen them play at the biggest games and we know everything about them. It's not designed for those folks. It's designed for the guy that's from Middle Tennessee, but the bitch has hands the size of Texas and he can catch anything that's thrown at him. It's designed for those folks. Uh. So I would almost say that the combine should be something you can opt out of. Like a bowl game and say, you know what? I'm going to let my resume yeah. speak for myself because, uh, like, I mean, what are you going to prove? You're an offensive lineman going to the combine. What? So I can bench press 235, 747 times, uh, and I could run 25. a 7... I night 225. Yeah,
1: doesn't that what I said? We know how much Dave lives in the gym
0: 225, 305, whatever 315. Dave's never getting doesn't there,
1: matter. doesn't matter. Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the, uh, anyways, the, but my point being, like, they don't need to go to the combine. What, like, they, they're, they should live blocking people. Why does a lineman need to run a 40? Like, it's designed for very skilled positions in a very trying to be discovered. And everyone else
1: should be able to be like, eh, check out what I did in college. Look at the tape. The only thing that I will counter with is those dudes from middle Tennessee state had four years to show something, right? Like the NFL is not short of money and scouting abilities and scouting talent. They can go look at every reputable school that's in the country and say, this guy's worth a shit or not to me like i said it's an isolated event that says this is one block on the larger spectrum of you as a, a where i do think it matters in the grand scheme of football is naturally where we always end up in that dollar bills so um from my little research i did last year in indianapolis it made the city 9.6 million dollars Right, okay, great for Indie. Secondly, ABC averaged over six hundred thousand viewers for the first little block of last year's combine. That's money. That's why yeah. we keep it. it's a It's a, another excuse to put something on television to generate revenue. If you cut the combine tomorrow, The same talented individuals are going to draft in the same order minus a few guys, like you said, that maybe had an underwhelming career, got their shit together at the end, or had some crazy physical abilities that some coach saw potential in. And so that's the key word to me is the potential. So otherwise it's just something for us to tune into and drink Miller light on a Tuesday night.
0: No, that's a great point. And I think it's something to add on to that is like you have these you have these uh scouting days that that teams will host now, right? So, you know, you can go like you can go as an NFL scout and go to the you know Michigan Wolverine Scouting Day. Well they'll bring in everybody that's planning on going to the NFL and they'll show out on a like a smaller like uh combine like event. And you know if you're the dude from slippery rock state you need to drive up this you know you need to drive up the road to go to that you can so uh yeah I I totally agree it's it's more of a it's a way for people to be lazy and all right show me a spreadsheet of the top 40 times give me the top 40 times again all wide receivers bam i can throw it up there and i know that it's you know it's a we've got a Uh, a standard across the board because they all ran the same one. They all had the same clock, like all that kind of stuff. So I agree. I think it's, uh, I would rank it. I would say I'm going to take your college career at about 85%. I'll throw 15% in for your, your, what you do at the combine, but it's a team sport. So going back to the Anthony Richardson thing, Hey, Good on you for doing well at the Combine, but you averaged almost – you averaged more than half an interception per touchdown you threw. What's up with that?
1: I'll give you 85% college career, 14% Combine, and 1% on how much pot you smoked through a gas mask the week before the draft. Those things matter too. It does, but not that much because he's he's doing just
0: fine. So, <laughs> um, Anything, uh, some p- other people that are doing really good, there's a couple quarterbacks out there that have been getting some
1: money. Why don't you, you want to run us through who's got the bags here? Right, so so to, the, the biggest one to me, which fucking blows my mind, which is just banana land squared is Danny Dimes. I mean... That's a lot of motherfucking dimes he just backed up right there. 160 for four years. 94 million guaranteed. Hey, dude, the guy's got legs. I think the guy has a ball sack, and he will run and hit you, and he's not scared, but he's not the guy. I do not know what Daboll and the Giants are doing here. Uh, this just not seem like a smart move for me, especially with all the talent that's running around. Um, free agency potential within the NFL, and mind you, there's some decent quarterback talent I think that could be snagged. So I don't see it. I don't. I didn't love the play, and I, like I said, I you know I kind of pulled for the Giants this year. I wanted to see them do well. I wanted to see them go deep. And I don't know if this is uh, going deep material for the Giants.
0: No, I I totally agree. This is just like this is this is the the pure sign of a franchise that is like addicted to mediocrity because Daniel Jones is a good mediocre quarterback. He is going to do good. He's not going to be great. You might win a couple onesie twosie playoff games that you sneak into maybe, but you got to look between the Cowboys and the Eagles. You're not winning the NFC East. Ah, uh, so you're gonna sneak in in a wild card spot. Maybe you sneak away with one win and then you get kicked out. So you're gonna throw one hundred and sixty million dollars at a quarterback that it may get you a couple playoff wins when you got people like Lamar Jackson still hanging around, no deal for old Lamar. and now teams can can coordinate with the Ravens to try to go after Lamar. so, this is just, I mean, to me, it, it just screams a, a team that is like okay with where they are at, and it's got to say that to the to your their players too, right? It's got to say to your players like I'm okay at being, you know, with I'm okay with I'm okay with nine nine wins a season.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think we can sit here and talk shit though about him all day while he's making. 160 million so good for him I guess uh we'll see how the Giants turn out in four more years so uh Derek Carr to the Saints though he's also getting quite the dollars 150 over four what are your thoughts there
0: yeah this is I think Derek Carr is an underrated numbers quarterback right he's Agreed. got some Agreed. really good numbers out there the question is what can he do kind of down the stretch, but you look at a pretty good New Orleans wide receiving core, Chris Olave, great, uh, you know, great young talent, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, who's always uh, who is obviously, uh, you know, he's been injury prone and he's getting up there, but uh, great receiving core there in New Orleans. So I think this is a good, this is a good grab for them.
1: The easy counter here, the low hanging fruit is good receiving core where he just came from with Devontae Adams. Right. So he not, you know, was standing last year, the year prior, I would have said he is the man great for fantasy points, great for the NFL, very great passer. Uh, totally on board with Derek Carr. Last year was tough. That was tough to see. I kept waiting for him to bounce back. I was like, man, this, this, Car adams connection is going to link up. They're going to slam some shit down, and then it just really never happened. And so now he got the hook, and so he moves into a good receiving core. What's the difference here? So is it culture at Vegas, something going on that wasn't clicking, and he's still a good quarterback, and we fixed that uh, at the Saints? Or is this a Derek Carr issue?
0: I don't, I don't want to read too much into it, but he seems a little bit – like crybaby, you know, and I I could be, you know, and obviously you saw him getting emotional in some press conferences. And I don't want to make too much of it, but he always seemed to me as a little bit of a whiny baby. And uh, Vegas is not your, like that, or, you know, the Raiders franchise historically is not where you go for that. Uh, so I think this is gives him a shot. Uh, they're they're spending an awful lot of money on a quarterback that's over 30 years old though um you know and they've got you know Jameis winston in there obviously he's he again he's not going to be the guy that's going to win you a lot of playoff games uh but spending what an is awful Garrett lot Gore? of money and that's you know exactly that's a great question um this is one of those things it's like let's it's kind of the microwave society choice of let's get a better quarterback now, knowing that he's probably got about two good years in him, and then it's going to Peter off. And if you look at his contract, that's exactly the way they structured it. Right. If he, once he gets to 2025 season, he gets more bonuses. He gets more guaranteed money, but if he doesn't, they get to save a little bit. They get to save a little bit there. So Uh, what is it
1: it's uh 60 guaranteed until 25 and then drops to 30 or something right
0: yeah something like that so uh i think they're they're kind of on the same note of hey let's see what we got and then if it doesn't work out at least we save a couple a couple uh hondos there
1: i feel like obviously this is outside looking in but and we've we've belabored this point but it's like guys can't forecast we can't forecast well enough to say let's build i'm okay with losing and being average now but let's build the dynasty instead of trading and selling out everything for right now let's look forward i understand why that's hard the coach that's there now goes if i don't perform i'm fucking fired the gm says the same thing i just wish like all the powers that be go hey guys We're the fucking Giants. We're going to suck regardless. Let's try to circumnavigate this and look forward to 2025, 2028 right now. And you just don't see, you don't see it in the NFL and it sucks. It sucks, but uh, you'll continue to see your really great teams be great and your really shitty teams be shitty. And then, you know, well over time, 20 years from now, that'll slowly change, but we're not seeing it tomorrow.
0: Yeah and and I think you know and you've you've been on this quite a bit uh, and you've talked about this a lot this idea that we have to win now and you you see the kind of the repercussions of that the rams they you know they obviously win a super bowl but then they completely fall off the fucking map the next season like it's a dumpster fire they're talking about McVeigh maybe not making it he's on the hot seat and obviously you're you 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 come away with the Super Bowl, so you win. But what if they didn't? What if they lose in the Super Bowl game? And now it's like, well, we went out and did all that thing for nothing. And then you got other franchises like the Bengals, like the Bills, that kind of were willing to to accept what they were at the time, and then go out there and and build the team that they want. Obviously, not necessarily the complete team because they haven't been able to get to the game. Uh, or they haven't been able to win the game. But I think that's probably a better model. The question is, going back to your point, does the fan base accept that? And then uh, does the, the you know, the owners and does the, you know, the board, are they going to accept that? And I think that's the hard sell.
1: Yeah, and I think it depends on the team that you're talking about. You know, every situation is going to be di- different based on that franchise. So, you know, you look at the Cowboys, perfect example. It's like, wow, greatness forever. Got this guy and then has been mediocre forever. And and loyal fans, in addition to their bandwagon fans, are like, hey, when the fuck is this happening again? And so, you know, a lot of it comes down to expectation management, I think.
0: I'll tell you one thing, just kind of transitioning a little bit and – this has to come down to, I in my mind, there's no way this doesn't come down to it, but the Ravens not being able to lock up Lamar Jackson, having to throw the non-exclusive franchise franchise tag on him. This has to come down to simply money, and they just don't have a pocketbook for it. If not, if that's not the case, they are the stupidest franchise since uh, with the exclusion of the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears, because I mean, they have what has what ser- what amounts to one of the most uh, exquisite talents to enter the NFL. And now it's getting to the point where he is now free to negotiate a contract with any other teams. Now the Ravens have the ability to match an offer if another offers or acquire or basically get two first round draft picks for him. But if you can't offer the money he wants, you know that he, you're not going to be able to uh, do a matching offer. So like, what's the deal here and would you want to come back?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's a great point. And the, the new tagline is guaranteed money. Right. And so, obviously Lamar thinks he is worth it probably is. And so he doesn't want to get slighted by saying like, Hey, we're going to undercut you here. And, you know, yeah, sure. He could say like, Hey, I'll take less to stay with you guys, but why would he do that? It's a 50, 50 draw here, right? Like I want to be here, but you have to want me here. So I'm doing my part to try to stay with this organization try to get the money that i think i am worth but you also have to dish out some money and so if that doesn't meet in the middle of course he's gonna bounce it's all about dollar bills dude and there are a ton of teams out there that do have them that would pay what lamar's worth you compare lamar i'm taking him 10 times out of 10 over to sean watson
0: yeah i should have thrown the i should have thrown the browns in as one of the dumbest franchises so browns bears detroit but continue
1: yeah, no, that's about it. I mean, it's just like you look at some of the big quarterbacks getting big bags out there. Lamar's going like, dude, have I not done it all? Like I was a, a a physical freak, a running phenom. Oh, by the way, now I can pass too. And you're not willing to give me the money that I think I'm worth and that the world sees me worth. I'm I'm surprised. I, I don't know if there's something behind the scenes going on. Obviously, we're not in the shit. Um, our insider has just left us AFK and hadn't given us the deets. But something's going on because it just doesn't make sense. I, I expected by now we would know something.
0: Yeah, our insider, he's FTR, and uh, I don't there know what go. the hell that bitch is doing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think – where do you think, just just out the top of your head, where do, where do you think you could see some franchises that would be willing to throw him the money that he wants? Because he's basically wanted to Deshaun – Watson contract. He wants 240 guaranteed. That's a lot of money. In my mind, I think one of them, just off the top of my head, is Las Vegas, right? Like you've got a good wide receiving core, plus you got Darren Waller. You've got, and they just franchise tagged the running back. So they're trying to keep the team together you know throw some uh, you don't think that players would be willing to take a little pay cut to get to get that guy there i think that would be and, nasty like just an offensive just and and that they got a decent defense and and they got a they got a franchise that has money for freaking years so why not why not let it go see what happens uh, that one just pops off the top of my head. Anything from you?
1: No, I just. I, could you imagine Lamar with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller? Like that would be a sh- unreal, dude. So we talked early on. I thought Aaron Rodgers was potentially looking at Oakland. Right. I thought that would have been a great pick. Hey, if Las they Vegas. had the money, which you said, Oakland. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. It's going to be with me for years and years and years. It's one of those just natural things. So uh, my bad. Las Vegas. I've never been in Las Vegas. I might get the team names right if we just went together. It's a deal. All right. Done. Um, I don't know if they have the cap. I don't know what they're, you know, I haven't delved into their financial uh, stuff, but. If they could afford him, that would be a crazy get for Las Vegas. But speaking hey. of the guy, I want to know, Have you? did you see like Aaron Rodgers? There was talk earlier, like they'll retire a jersey number. If you come to the Jets, will he go to the Jets? What's he went to a retreat, smoked a ganja, talked to his 26 gods. I don't know. Came back and now it's like, ah, Aaron Rodgers is back. Where's he going?
0: not to the jets right like
1: the guy it does be not. weird to me
0: the guy does not need the money and he's the kind of personality that i think is it's not important to him that part is not super important to him uh he did stay in like solitude for like 3 weeks in like complete darkness except for like a candlelight some bitch is weird but he's probably a dog <laughs> he's probably top 15 like people I would want to drink a beer with just because this guy would go into some wild fucking shit and would blow your mind. Cause you know, he just thinks of that level. He's like the Phil Mickelson of golf, right? He is like that. Oh, I know if the grains into, into this, but it's got a headwind, I got a fart. I'm a little congested. I'm a little gassy. So it's going to carry oh, two yards less. And like, he's that kind of guy. And uh, I think it would be hilarious. I don't think he goes to the Jets. I don't. I think somebody else has got to be somebody else that is going to your point, One of those short term, like, let's just win it now type teams is going to go out and pay him loads of money to try to get it done.
1: I think deep down in my tinfoil hat brain that Aaron Rodgers is just smarter than most people and he's just playing them like a fiddle. And so he's just like, I think he gets off on just bringing random shit up and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I'll entertain that. Oh, i got to go to my darkness retreat. Oh, I'm going to do these uh, shrooms for a bit. Ah, fuck you. I'm just staying here. And now, you know, everybody's been talking about me for three months. So I could see him just not doing anything or just doing something completely bonkers just because it's him. So I don't know. I look forward to it. Uh, I thought he was going last year and that was kind of a letdown when he's like, Oh, he's staying with green Bay. So I don't know. No, no one knows.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, th- one thing I do know is beer is great, but tall boys are better. That I'm drinking a, a tall camp. boy, I'm bringing a tall boy here. This beer is
1: called Schnickelfritz. Fritz. Oh my god, dude! Are you shitting me? No. When you wave, no. When you wave the can around, I thought I saw like some German. Right, this is how we know we are in sync here. I was all um, I like, literally, almost interrupted you and said Schnickel Fritz, but I was like, I'll just let him talk. That's fucking bizarre that it's called Schnickel Fritz. All right, sorry. That's crazy.
0: Yes, it's from the Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, in oh, that's
1: in Missouri. Yeah, since Springfield. Saint, no. St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, I've been there. It's a good one. I've been there. Yeah. It's,
0: it's a real. it's it's a it's a very good like again. There are different types of beer to drink. And that's going to come as a shock to the drink of thing nation because they only think that Miller Lite is the only beer despite what Dak preaches to us every week. But um there's oh, times, like, you get in different, like, like, moods with beer. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's times where you want, like, just something to sip on. There's times where you just want to crush something. There's times when you want, like, some crazy-ass, like, Fruit Loops beer. This is one of those times where I just want to drink a beer. Just straight up. Nothing crazy. And uh, Urban Chestnut did us a solid of not only making it a – Tall boy, they made it a six-pack, too, because I don't buy four-packs because I'm not a bitch. So, good <laughs> job, Urban Chestnuts and Snickle Fritz. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. That is a good name. So, I know you ain't, you're ain't you not drinking Snickle Fritz over there, but uh, I'm sure you got something good in front of you, plus some of your own nectar. So, tell us, if you will, what you are consuming in the DAC
1: household. All right. So, not only did I almost interrupt you and say snickle fritz. Just shows how, you know, how we are. The beer that I chose out of the random, like, 60 individual random shits that I have in my little fridge out there. I also chose a beer from St. Louis, Missouri. So mm-hmm. I think that just, just shows that we're, like, space docking at this point. It's pretty great. um We are, like...
0: We are more in tune than Aaron Rodgers and his freaking uh, what do you call those guys? Orange robe, bald yeah, head, yeah, monks, yeah. Aaron Rodgers and his monk. You're the monk. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead.
1: When you th- when you think of monk, what do you think of?
0: And embarrassingly, monk fruit, which is a sugar substitute.
1: That's pretty whack. I'm not yeah. gonna dive into my true thoughts there. When you say monk, I think of uh, The Hangover. Ah, the yeah, third one maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I've got a beer from Second Shift Brewing, which is out of St. Louis, Missouri. It's called Little Big Hop, and this is a NEPA, New England style IPA. Before I read the can and kind of analyze the artwork, etc., I drank it. And I was like, damn, this is a good interpretation, if you will, of a New England style IPA. Extraordinarily hoppy. Just in your face with all of the fruity kind of hops that tell you this is a New England style IPA, right? And then I read the can. And I was like this is a session. This is a session ale. This is a session style IPA. And for those who don't know session means it's like supposed to be sessionable. So it's supposed to be lighter drinking. So it has the flavor of its big brother, but you're supposed to be able to kind of crush it. Right. And so I would have never guessed this because in my experience, session ales are just, they, they, they try to be hoppy. They try to be low ABV, but they suck. They just are not good. They they lose something in the process between bold and hoppy and just delicious IPA to some watered down version of ass. And so, to me, for me to drink this beer, not know it was a session IPA, and then read that, I I was blown away. I, I'm so impressed with this beer. I would drink a an absolute ton of these. I assume this has some Citra and some Simcoe. Mosaic. Let me see if it has it on the can. Stand by. Stand by. Uh, This has lactose. This has a touch of lactose in it, it says, which may be why it gives that kind of full body character and you don't really know it's a session. Uh, Columbus Simcoe and Cascade. So uh, it says on the can, this beer is stupid good. So I I would agree second shift brewing out of St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a big freaking fan. That is fantastic, dude. Next time, if we are anywhere near Springfield or Branson, I'm going to grab you one of these. This is so good. Oh, but I forgot. I'm going to talk about my beer, which kind of is probably not as good as this beer, maybe. I don't know. I just went and uh, poured me a new one of these guys. I've got a... What do we call it? Oh, this is, yeah, this is fire the adjective. I won't get into the naming convention, or should I? You tell
0: me. No, I think it's important to tell the backstory to how you came up with this name. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, Well, point one, for those of you that know me, know that I use the word fire as an adjective literally quite often. A lot of things are fire. And that means they're cool. So if you don't use the word fire, get with the shit. All right. Uh, I just watched Dave try to throw a dart at a board and get a bullseye. It was not fire. Correct. Part two. Uh, here's the shortened version of it, not to dive too much into it. Um, someone, I use this word fire, like in college on a paper, someone made fun of me. I'm not sure if I was intentionally being a smart ass or if I'm just stupid, but nonetheless uh, it has stuck with me. Clearly not an issue that I, I hold tight. And so it just seemed reasonable to name something that was actually good and actually fire, fire the adjective. And this beer is stupid. Good dude. It is the most clean, crisp, clear, crushable beer maybe that i've made to date so uh i'm gonna bring some when do i see you
0: to be determined we're still working on that
1: oh that sucks well i better slow down on fire the adjective so i save you one so all right moving on uh beyond beer i just see you i think i'm drunk just get sloppy are you are you with me or are you behind okay I remember I was drinking a tall boy. They're drinking snickle dicks.
0: A Bavarian style v beer. Vice beer. Yeah, whatever. Clove and banana-like aromas.
1: Yeah. So that's like a Belgian style. Ugh, gross. Okay. Are right, you ready? Check okay oh all right so we've talked quite a few beers and i'm ready to get back into some sports so we've hit football which is kind of out of our norm for this time of year uh i say we go to golf my friend and i've got a story for you and our listeners kurt Kitayama taking home the dub after this dude's been through a lot of shit 30 years old gets his first pga tour victory Stud Muffin.
0: Yeah, this is like the story that we all dream of. I mean, it's it's almost the movie. This guy's literally golfed in like fifteen different tours. He's gone to like the the Kellogg's Toasted Fruit Loops uh tour, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like fought his way back into the PGA Tour, got his card, and won his first tour victory. And it's not like a slouch. Not that there is a slouch tournament in the PGA, but I mean Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer classic, like that's a, that's one that you can always be, you know, you can, you can, you know, go into the rodeo. You always have that belt buckle, you know? So, uh, we should talk about rodeo sometime. We should talk about, we. that would be a hell of a show. That would be a hell of a show. I, which as you go back way back in the archives of drink and think, uh, I do think that, uh, I do think that rodeo athletes are some of the best athletes out there, but none potentially as good as The Rock because this some bitch almost outdrove me hitting a 490 yard drive. Typically, I average between 492 and 497, depending on if I get the wind in my face. But uh yeah, so he hits a 490 yard drive, supposedly. Are you buying this? I can't stop
1: fucking laughing. It's, I had this great vision of your skinny ass getting up there and yanking on one and trying to drive it 496 yards. That's incredible. You know, uh, I hit my
0: three wood like 317, so it's just a little step above that.
1: Uh, I, I want to back up, though, to Toasted Fruit Loops. Because I don't know what kind of animal that is, but I kind of think I want to fuck with it. Toasted Fruit Loops sound really good about right meow. So if you can deliver those, me and Kurt Kitayama would smash. Uh, I don't know how far Dwayne Johnson can hit a golf ball. But in my heart of hearts. He is one of the greatest humans alive. So that some bitch could hit 790 yards, and I'm going to believe it because I need to believe it. And that's all that matters. Uh, but it is incredible that that is even something we can fathom and that the record is like over 500.
0: Could you right. imagine
1: a dude? I mean, Happy couldn't even hit it that far. I don't know who holds that record, but I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. And then offer him a Miller Lite, and then mm. watch him smash balls. How
0: many? How many drives do you think? Is this like this one of these like Instagram golfer type things where he hits like seventy five, and one of them just happens to go straight, and it goes four hundred ninety yard drives? Where this is like, I mean, the son bitch is built like a brick shithouse. house. I mean, if anyone's going to hit it four hundred ninety yards. That guy's got the muscles. The question is, is like the golf swing is not a traditional like exercise, like motion. Like if you see people that play ba- baseball or softball and try to go out and replicate a golf swing, they struggle with it because the mechanics of it, the, the swing path is different. So to me, it's like, unless this some bitch golfs a lot, that's a little weird.
1: It is. And now, as much money as these guys have, could he have got a coach set out there for eight hours and worked on a swing? Certainly. 490, that's big though. That's not like, Hey guys, I've never golfed before. I hit something 300 yards, but you're completely correct in that strength does not necessarily equal distance in golf. You've got dudes that, I mean, look at Rory. Like I could put Rory in my pocket and that dude, that's going right. to drive me 10 times out of 10. So uh, there is physics at play here, and so as big as the rock's biceps are, do they equal 490? I don't know. Verdict's out. I don't feel like he's a liar, though. Like I said, in my heart of hearts, I just want to believe this, but been fooled by the internet a time or two. Yeah. You know what they say: you drive for show, you putt for
0: dough. And the reason they say that is because the Players Championship's coming up this weekend. And uh, it doesn't matter if you can hit 490 yards. It's going to matter if you can make the shots and make the putts when they matter uh, because that's really what makes it happen. So uh, players coming up, uh, you know, we had the top kind of tier folks had struggled uh, this last weekend down in Bay Hill looking to bounce back. John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, and the boys, uh, but she had some some old some. You know, it's crazy to call him old, but Jordan Spieth did quite well, uh, performed pretty well. What's your opinion of Jordan Spieth, by the way? Because that some bitch annoys the fuck out of me every time I watch him, and I know he's like a good guy, but just the way, like his antics on the course, he's this he's the guy that's just like God. If I played golf with you, I'd want to fucking hit you with my three iron.
1: It's very, very interesting you say that. So, like the JT versus Spieth dynamic, there, like very similar kind of uh, grew up together, played against each other, formidable uh, opponents. Go watch the Netflix documentary, then we'll have this conversation next week.
0: Okay. I just don't like. I don't like fucking it.
1: know what it's called. Just watch the Netflix. You'll know when you see it. Like on the green, two
0: two swings, one cup.
1: Pause for effect. Okay, all right. Uh, The players is at maybe one of the. I I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll ask you. Top five most iconic golf courses in golf. Would you say that? TPC Sawgrass. Always wanted to play it. Maybe the most iconic hole in golf I'll say sure. that for mm. for certain I don't know dude, I'm putting money on seventeen that that's the most iconic hole in golf, but of course as a whole t p c sawgrass top five
0: um I did see a thing it's eight hundred and twenty five dollars to for a green fee uh to play t p c um Done. I wouldn't yeah, it's got to I think it's in the top five, right? Uh, I don't think it's number 17 is the top hole. I would say 18 at either 18 or number one at the old course at St. Andrews has got to be the top one going walking across the bridge and, uh, you know, walking up to the 18th. I think that's your number one out there. For golfers
1: though, for golfers, maybe iconic as a, hole in sports just just i i guess the like one picture yeah
0: okay maybe like one picture it's, it's 17 I, it's yeah 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 i i would agree with that uh you could say maybe it's uh what is it 13 and amen corner uh that picture the azaleas and walking across the bridge but yeah i agree if one if you could say one picture and you would know what golf course it was it's probably that one's a lock. There's some other ones if you're a golfer, you would know, but if you're not, yeah, right, right, you would know that. I, I agree with that. Great question. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is one of that I think you start it's going to be interesting to see because you got guys like John Rahm that came out with such momentum, right? He wins three tournaments uh in you know his first like six or seven starts has his first kind of lackluster performance and he's an emotional guy you know how how well is he able to bounce back and uh can he go out there and really put on a performance or is he kind of the one that he, he you know he uh proverbially uh culminated uh too soon and uh to use an old army term uh but anyways i I think it's it's going to be interesting and the thing that i love about it is you'll have you'll have years where it's top going at it and then you have years where you got old big dick rick that's able to get it done so uh you know that's the great thing about golf you never know you got and that's the great thing that always keeps you about golf you you never know yeah because like Tom Watson. I mean, this is like, what, probably Big six, family. seven years ago. Tom Watson, you know, at the at the Open Championship, going down to a, a playoff hole with Stewart Sink. You know, those kind of – when he's like 54 or something, those kind of things can happen in golf, and I love that.
1: Hey, so this was totally not discussed between us prior to doing this, but the Miller lots like to talk. And so I want to ask you because I might know your answer so I want to ask you your top let's just do this hey definitely maybe who's the who's definitely your favorite golfer of all time maybe and if your answer is who I think it is who's number 2 um
0: this is very tough i loved Phil Mickelson growing up
1: Mm.
0: loved him. Just the magic around the green, just the touch and creativity. Um, Him going to live and then all that kind of stuff. He was, he was a great person to root for. Uh, If you ask me right now, okay. So is it like right now, currently who's my favorite or favorite all time?
1: No, 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 no. All time. All time.
0: It's got, I mean, Tiger Woods is my favorite. Yeah, golfer okay. So
1: tracking. So hence my, who's number two.
0: My number two favorite golfer of all time. Is, hold on. Beers are clogging the old memory bank here. Um,
1: clearly, clearly the favorite.
0: Okay. I got it. All right. The number two. All right. Number two favorite golfer is Freddie Couples. Oh, that's great. And that this is the reason why he is just like, like his personality and his swing makes me feel like I can do that right cuz it's so smooth he's not yanking on that thing like it's you know like you know he's going to drive at 490 yards like he is just so freaking smooth with it he's just he he's just somebody you want to cheer for uh i, I just he's definitely like going down there's a lot of them up there that i'm a huge fan of i want to see him do well but his swing just makes you feel like every time I watch him, I'm like, dude, I could do that. I could go out there and do that. Over to you, Dak. What do you, who is, so obviously Tiger Woods, number one. Who's your number two? All
1: right, loaded question. Number one, Tiger Woods. Number two, Roy McAvoy. Easy, done.
0: Roy McAvoy,
1: yeah. Okay, yep, okay. Uh, Number three, John Daly. Duh, got to throw him up there
0: oh yeah next question i didn't even think about that
1: but just just for shits and gigs but as a steward of the game and someone who's been playing golf since i was probably i guess seven i don't know long freaking time um big fan of watching old stuff reading old stuff of ben hogan Mm -hmm. read his book helped me you know i didn't really have like a swing coach i found a found a club in my backyard and was like, this is fun. I'm going to go chip this shit around. Uh, Someone bought me the book, read the book. Awesome. So really appreciate that. Um, And then someone that I, you know, he's kind of maybe underrated. I don't know, but was a big fan of his style of play. He was a bigger guy. um, And he played for so long. I loved Ernie Ailes. Yeah. And he was just fun to watch. You know, just seemed like a character of a dude. Just really, really enjoyed watching him. Dude, I can, I I honestly, like this was totally impromptu. We didn't really like plan this question. And so I'm sure there's someone that I'm missing out there. But I can remember watching when I was probably under 10 years old. They used to hold these old like one-on-one series. And I want to say they were presented by Shell and it was like two great golfers would play 18 holes and it was like match play one on one and dude i was just consumed by two dudes playing golf against each other and i loved it and uh there's a lot of great names out there that used to do that i mean obviously you can't forget the bear like great dude right um obviously i didn't want to take the low hanging fruit of you know probably outside of maybe tiger you know, one A, one B, greatest golfers of all time. But right, that, that question can go on and on and on. I liked Justin Rose for a long time. I thought he had a very pure swing. But on, on the flip side, I love Jim Furick because he had such a shit show of a swing. Right. But he's able to get it done. Got it done. And that's kind of the dynamic of what golf is, right? It's not about how your swing looks, it's about consistency, doing it over and over again and that's the beauty of it so uh to to s- summarize i've got six seven eight people that i just named i don't know i'll get back to you tiger yeah tiger is one a we'll leave it there
0: yeah for sure <laughs> um and obviously the players is not your um you know it's it. it's a special i guess it's a special part of of the PGA tour simply because played at the same course and it's the
1: it's their hosted championship. No one else hosts it. And it's the fifth major, right? So it's right. it's got a special place in golf as in itself. I want to do this because and I'll give you the credit for it. Uh speaking of players and another great golfer that would make a lot of people's list, something cool kind of happened for Drink and Think Nation the other day. Uh Go on. I'll I'll let all, all the glory to you, Dave. Go ahead. So uh
0: this was
1: so cool. So cool.
0: This this was absolutely like so far, probably the coolest thing that's happened uh in drink and think history as far as the yeah. uh as far as our social media pres- presence goes. So somebody posted a video of some guy, older, older gentleman who's golfing dressed in all black, and uh, he just has a ghost of a swing. I mean, he, like, hitches, like, at, like, six different points, and then, you know, someone, like, slaps him on the ass, and he's finally able to come through and, and drive it. And just because of the way he was dressed, he just reminded me of Gary Player. And so I just put a comment out there and said, gosh, you know, the wheels are really, or something along the lines of, the wheels have really fallen off the bus for old Gary Player. And not, you know, six or seven hours later, OG, the real deal Gary Player, he replies back, after 85, it all goes downhill. <laughs> and just like, what a like what a comment, what a sense of humor in a world where everyone gets up in arms. He just says, Yep, after 85, and uh mad props out to Gary Player uh going you know taught probably a mentor to Ernie Els you know coming both coming from South Africa and uh but so funny for him to come out and say that and hats off to him another great player and that I loved to watch especially at the Masters uh and his you know being the honorary uh you know first shot of the tournament and uh great guy
1: it was so cool, dude. I think we were like getting dressed to go out to eat or something. I was like, I fucking stop everything!" You text me immediately. I was like looking as fast as I could. Dude. It was it was very glorious for us, and it was honoring to that he just replied to us. And so, you know, that's the kind of shit we're into. You know, like the legacy and the history of of sports in itself, and especially golf as far as it goes back. So that that was really cool.
0: So. Uh Mr. Gary Player, if you ever want to come on Drink and Think, uh, you're more than welcome.
1: There it is. All right, um, moving on from golf, I think uh, we have to talk a little hockey tonight, but before we do, I think soccer is a sport, I think. We briefly talked about it when America was playing, which got my interest, but otherwise I really don't give too many shits until our insider mr conway sent me some videos the other night and he was in serbia he travels a lot he does crazy shit like that uh we don't have the security clearance to speak about it you might i don't anymore you know just a civilian with a beard but uh he sent me some videos and he got to go to a serbia game and dude it was fucking bananas I had never I you, you see things on social media like oh these guys like set fire to things and dude he sent me like four videos in a row of like him 30 yards away from dudes with like torches and like flares and RT sims going into the field and there was like a whole host of firefighters and I was like dude is this normal and he's like yeah pretty standard here it was crazy so I will give credit to soccer there like If you try to bring like a half inch blade that you forgot you had in your pocket to any sporting event in America, you're getting the shit beat out of you and you're on CNN the next day. These dudes literally bring like fucking cannons to the game. And it's like, huh? just a Tuesday. So yeah, dude, that was really cool to see. Uh, Maybe we'll throw something up on our uh, Instagram page to show the highlights of the, the debauchery that is international soccer but I could totally see why somebody gets into that and somebody would like just sell out for a soccer game like that.
0: Yeah. It's a different, it's a different level. Um And a lot of it, the Serbian thing. And I, I pointed this out. There is a fence, no shit. There are two fences that separate each half of the stadium because, you know, you got the Serbs and you got, Kosovars or the Serbs and the Croats or whatever uh, a little ethnic tension there and uh potential that people will or will not get stabbed either in the stadium or after but dude it, it is it's crazy to see that level of passion uh because we have it here and we like you said like we go shit when Tennessee throws mustard bottles all over the field and these motherfuckers are like you said literally shooting off flares and stuff they got riot police there that are just ready to beat the shit out of somebody. So yeah, it's uh it's something, it's something. And it's funny because everybody has it. Cause if you go like out to like Asia, like baseball is like this huge thing. They got cheerleaders, they got fireworks. It like, they got chants. It's like soccer, but for baseball and it's like every culture has this like little thing for us, it's college football. Like, talking to people from other countries, especially people like that old soccer in high esteem. It's like, yes, we have stadiums where 110,000 people can go watch a non-professional sport. And that just doesn't compute for anyone else in the world, except for Americans.
1: He he told me, he, he said, literally, dude, you're ripping seats out of the fucking stands and throwing them. I, was like, I, I can't imagine, you know, like, i thought i was cool like dude i'm a hardcore razorback fan we we will cheer with the best of them and it's like no no okay never ripped the seat out no never set a fucking Artie <laughs> sim off it's like okay this is beta league here so props to the international world uh like first world problems i guess i don't know
0: yeah yeah for sure um so let's get into another thing that uh I posted about that because it was surprising to me. So I went to not an AHL, American Hockey League, but an ECHL. So if you compare it to baseball terms, this is the double A of hockey for the uh, NHL. Went to an ECHL ECHL game here in Kansas, and the I I uh sent the video, like this thing is like like people are going nuts. They got the cowbells, like this is Mississippi State. Like people are, you know, there's only fit probably between probably five thousand people in this little in this stadium. But people are going bananas with people wearing the jerseys everywhere. And it's like if this was a double A baseball game, like most of these some bitches wouldn't even be here. You'd have about 75 people in the stands and four of them be asleep. But it it was, it was awesome to see for, for guys that in, in that league where these dudes literally hockey is a part-time job for them. Like they do not make enough money playing hockey. They literally do this because they love the sport and they have a dream and they're working at home Depot after this. And it was awesome to see like a bunch of people like yelling and screaming and, and all that kind of stuff and there's nothing like it no uh, semi-professional uh league like it than hockey
1: completely agree i have two points on that i actually just out of curiosity this is probably a year or two ago i looked up the money that these guys get paid right and so i was at the time living in new york and so it was quite like the skewed curve here so one dude was making like 180k living in watertown new york middle of freaking nowhere right that dude clearly got pushed up to the nhl the next year the median average was like twenty five thousand dollars or some shit it was like this dude like you said i mean working at home depot and he's like man i got a dream i love hockey and i think we've talked about it before like in another world man we're just drinking beer playing a sport and just fighting every night That's like my inner spirit animal that I know I can't do, but at some place just really wishes I could do. So that's awesome. Um, My other point would be if you're not a sports person and you're like, Hey, it's a Friday night and I need something to do. There's not a better place to go than to watch a minor league hockey game. Beer is cheap. Tickets are cheap. Crowds are crazy. You will for absolute certainty a fight it is just a damn good time on a budget i mean we we had buddies that bought season tickets and he would be like hey dude i can't make it we'll go we went to so many like wolves games watertown wolves games yeah just to just to watch a fight drink some miller light for cheap and have a good time so if you're looking for something to do man go find your local freaking minor league hockey team have a have a damn night
0: yeah, and it, what's surprising to me is that like you can t- and I don't want to disparage the NHL, but there's a huge drop off in talent that you can tell when you watch a a major league baseball game to like a Triple A game to a Double A game. And I, I, there is, I'm sure, if you are like I've played hockey my entire life and I'm a semi professional hockey player, you can tell a huge difference in talent. But it was a very competitive game. These aren't guys that just, they just like, you know, Billy Bob out there on skates. Like these guys are are getting after it. And to me, there's almost a sense of um, like purity of the game in, in, in those like smaller teams, smaller, because they're literally only doing it because they love the sport. And they want to believe that they have a chance. That's the only reason they're playing. And for how many of us is that the reason that we play whatever sport we love?
1: If you want like a sense of what he's talking about, go watch Goon. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the best. So yeah, dudes, just like slamming beers after the game with your buddies, making shit money and trying to survive. I love it. Um, But into the NHL, which we love, hey, not to discredit the NHL, because there's some still, in my opinion, the last league that's like holding on to what they've got kind of thing and and the purity of the sport without giving way to society too much. Um, There's some news here. And so I know you wanted to talk some stars news, naturally. Dave wants to talk Texas uh, but then I, I want to hit you with a stat that just I didn't expect. So I'll I'll let you lead off there.
0: Okay. So um, Dallas Stars, they are first in their uh, division out in the West. Uh, well, on their way into the playoffs. But there's warning sign just flashing all over. So this stat is, I don't know, it, it screams something to me, and I want to hear what it means to you. The stars are nine and 24 in one score games this season. Meaning like whether it's overtime or whatever in a one score game, they've only, they are like well below, we're not even close to 500. So what does that say to you about the team as you're looking forward to the playoffs, when things are going to get tight, things are going to get chippy and, you have to win those close games.
1: No, I mean, I, I agree. That, that's a, a big red flag. So when you play against teams that can get it done, how does that translate in the long term? And it it probably translates to not deep into the playoffs and certainly not uh, lifting a cup. So
0: Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's those types of stats. Like, yes, you are first place in your division but there has to be all kinds of red flags going up all over the stars organization saying, what are, what are we doing? Is this a mental thing? Uh, because I mean, like they just beat the Colorado avalanche like seven to three, you know, like the, the, the Stanley cup holders, seven to three. And that's with Kale Bacar on, on the on the ice, like, uh, but when you can't win the close games to me, that almost, that's is a mental thing. It's not a skill thing. That's a mental thing. That's a maybe not a belief thing. I don't know. It makes me worried as a Stars fan about what their prospects are going forward.
1: Let me ask you this: Who's going to win the Stanley Cup?
0: I mean, you're, you you have to you're gonna say Boston, Boston Bruins. You have okay. to say the Boston Bruins right now. I mean. Okay. They're on a 10 game win streak. They're like 150 points in front of the next team against the Maple Leafs in in their division. I mean, they were damn that close, aren't going to make it to making history on points and wins this year. You got to say Boston.
1: So I'm going to throw you a potential bone here. And I knew you were going to say that. So setting you up for failure here. Who is number two in goal scored this year?
0: Uh, I don't so know off the, top, off the top of my head, I would say the Oilers just because of Connor McDavid. No, in individual, individual in goal scored. Oh, it's based uh, off of your answer. Yes, it is. Um, Bruins player shoot. Yep. Uh, he's like 20 goals. No, he's not that far behind McDavid, but it's
1: uh, he's I can only think of eight, eight, I think. David Desternack. Yeah. Pasternak, pasta sauce. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Number two. You you alluded to who's number one?
0: Yeah, Connor McDavid. He's yep. still on pace okay. to get like 70 goals.
1: Yep. Who's number four?
0: Number four.
1: I'll I'll say this number three is Thompson from the Sabres. Number four.
0: Number four.
1: I'll save you the trouble. Hamster spinning. You want to thank or you want me to tell you?
0: No, go ahead. Tell me.
1: Okay. All right. Leon Dreisaitl.
0: Who also plays for – on the same Track shift him. as the – yeah. Yep.
1: Who's number one in assist right now? Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid. Which translates to number one points overall. Yeah. Answer. The DAC Daily Double. Oilers win Stanley Cup. They are so offensively minded – with maybe one of the the best player in the league. Dude, it doesn't matter who they're playing, turn them on. It's an offensive shit show showdown, just glorious exposé of hockey watching those two together with McDavid and Drysdale. I I don't care what what what's going on. If I see the Oilers playing, I'm turning them on. Not an Oilers fan tracking, but just their individual talents unreal. So Final answer: Oilers are going to show they're going to upset the Bruins. Just phenomenal season that they're trying to build, and I'm going to Oilers for the for uh, lifting the Stanley Cup.
0: I mean, they got the offense to do it. The question is the defense, but I love it. And Agreed. like you said, Agreed. they are they uh they are just fun to watch, uh, just everywhere across the board. And uh, I, I I want it to happen uh because obviously McDavid has not never won that and he's done pretty much everything else and uh, I, I you don't want to you want to see that guy lift the Stanley Cup at some point
1: agreed Yep. and uh, his career is far from finished so yeah uh plenty of hockey left moving towards the playoffs and then i'm 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 pumped so we got a lot to talk about in coming weeks Anything else you want to chat about before we uh, hang it up tonight?
0: Um, No, I think that's about it. We got a lot to look forward to between hockey. We got March Madness coming up. We got the players. It's never a dull moment in the sports world, and it's never a dull moment here at Drink and Think. So, you know, we just want to give you a little tidbit to make sure that you're safe this weekend and that you come out the other side unscathed. And we're afraid that that may not describe Tiger Woods. It seems like he may be in a pickle here with an ex-girlfriend who claims that she has proof of some misconduct and is suing him for about $30 million. Now, I certainly hope on for Tiger's behalf that this is completely untrue. But let this be a lesson, folks. Just don't do stupid shit. And, uh, you know, I don't know why we have to say it, but we got to say it because it seems like stupidity is going around faster than coronavirus in 2020. So just this weekend, if you got this twinkling in the back of your head that says this is some stupid shit I'm about to do, think of this moment, think of Dak and Dave, and just let us be for once the good angels on your shoulder instead of the demons and don't do some dumb shit there you have it folks that's just you know we give you gold when it comes to sports picks we did it all season long in the nfl if you don't believe us definitely don't go check our homework and listen to previous episodes and we give you gold in life lessons here tonight
1: shouldn't have to say it but we do
0: all right but have fun. We'll see you later. All right. Peace. You